Welcome back to The Right Angle. This is, I think, a first. We've got four people recording from four different locations. Mo's here in the upper Midwest. G-Man is at his undisclosed location. And then directly from the left coast, we've got Igor and Igor back. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Very good. Very good. Seriously, seriously, you're on the left coast. Before we get into it, let me put it that okay. way. I was doing some editing at work today, some audio editing, and this lady, as do a lot of people, said, um, a lot. So mm. what I thought we'd do is, Igor, you can't say, um. Igor, you can't say, yeah. well. G-Man, you can't say, you know. And I can't say, so. You just said it. Well, obviously. <laughs> All right, everyone have their word. Um, well, yes, I you believe know, so. And so. Well, I can use. Oh, dang it! I already said it. <laughs> I can use it in context, though. Like yes. I'm doing well. <laughs> yes. Or Excellent. you've fallen into a well. Exactly. All right. Or G-Man fell in a well, and we have to go find him. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Here we go. What's my minus? So. I won't say it anymore. All right, so <laughs> again, he cut out again. Are you there? Dang, he'd never miss a chance to make fun of us. No, I know. Uh, Am I? Can you hear me now? Yeah. There we go. What the, what the heck? Are they Here canceling me? I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. They only can cancel but you if you let them, G-Man. You heard us the whole time. Yeah, I did. Huh. Funny stuff, huh? It's serious. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, I'll keep the opening and I'll just cut out all this part. And so we'll continue on. All right. Okay. Um, so, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what's going on? I didn't hear anything. Go ahead. You, yeah. You know is what you can't say. Oh, okay. All right. We are going to get started by having Igor and Igor. Why don't you tell us, because I know you're frequent listeners when you're not on and not doing something more important. What are the what's the one most interesting thing you learned from Dark Horse's stories last week? That's a toughie. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can say that. Yes, that's that's where that's the uh, what do they call those conjunctions, uh, are, uh, conjunctions filler words, yeah, filler words, whatever non sequiturs. Anyway, I I don't know that I can point out one thing in particular. I think it was definitely an illuminating look into life as a police officer from a firsthand experience in the Atlanta area. So that was very interesting. And yeah, some some very strong, um, I guess you would call them impactful stories that he relayed. Agreed. Yes, Igor? agreed as well. I would say, particularly the story about him uh, having to. Uh, what was it? He had to uh, hold the 11-year-old at gunpoint yeah. and hearing hearing that story, but also his continued insistence and communication to make sure that what he was doing wasn't being misinterpreted was very powerful because you don't have that situation in any other profession and having to make sure that as a trusted police officer you have to maintain a certain level of decorum and i think he proved that he did that very well but it seems like a very high pressure pressure situation that would not be fun to be in not at all i what struck me about that story is that he backed up until he basically almost got behind a wall so if the guy did pull the gun or whatever he would be okay i that's something i never really consider i guess watching too many movies and tv shows the cops don't really back down too much yeah, yeah also to butter. also to to put himself in a position where if things did go that way 
it could not be really misconstrued in any situation like they couldn't pin it on him as oh you know white man shoots young black boy it was a very smart move on his part yes and i believe it also really showed the amount of thought and the decision making that has to go into being a police officer even if it comes down to the stop he made of the of the black man who was in a car that was tinted just his choice of words and the way he conducted himself you you have to be completely on top of your game in so many aspects as a police officer and i think a lot of people should listen to that and understand that it is a high pressure job even when it comes to more minor things and especially when it becomes something very serious yes indeed g-man or me i'm the only one that's getting canceled (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't think it's a i don't think it's a numbers problem i wouldn't think so well no it's the fbi (laughs) (laughs) after you again huh i i I did my time that should be enough (laughs) all right anyway anyway anyway. before i get canceled again yeah we're any big what yeah what are your biggest takeaways from dark horse that i've thought about his situation many times with what he had to do there and it's literally literally split second thinking for what you're going to do uh or what you're not going to do when you're when you're confronting somebody like that what do you think twitter will look like 1 year from now Definitely a lot less restrictive. I think, man, it's just a great, great step forward for for everything. It's it's. I think something like this is a big indicator that there's a shift going on, and that and that some place like Twitter is going to be a much much more reasonable maybe not reasonable but much more productive platform that it kind of should have always been and i think in some ways was set out to be so i'm curious to see the developments that actually happen and follow it as things progress but it should be pretty interesting I would have to agree with that. Uh, Very good points. I think a year from now is a lot, especially for such a smart man like Elon Musk. I have just, in general, uh, people like Joe Rogan and people like Elon Musk, who are these pretty influential people, and we, we know the numbers about how many people listen to Joe Rogan, and we know we know how influential Tesla has been and SpaceX and all that. It, so it's really wonderful to see them stepping forward as these beacons of what free speech should be. And it's apparent that we needed people in that field or in that status to kind of help steer us back in some way, because we've had so many of these minority groups become spotlighted as something much bigger than they are and we really need to realize that that's not the case and that we have a lot of people who are trying to fight for our side and and or at least just for the right side in general not necessarily our side only but people on whatever side of the aisle who can actually talk freely and actually have discussions and not be worried about some hitman coming to take them out for saying something you would say to a friend or say in a group of friends in context, but everything's been taken so out of context that I see a lot of uh, potential for improvement, like Igor said. Gee, man, you're not probably a big Twitter guy, but what do you think about this whole thing? Twitter employees needed a day of rest after he bought Twitter. That says everything to me. They're all a bunch of weenies. They need to be removed, and they need to start over. And it's ironic 
that they're so hypocritical about what they did to the right, they're thinking that the right's going to do to the left. It's total ignorance of what's staring them right in the face and what they've been doing for, I don't know, Twitter has been around since what, 2008, maybe nine, six, something like that. Yeah. Some, yeah. About like that. It's all, it'll also be interesting because Musk has said he doesn't care about the money, but I wonder if he will find some other way to monetize it either through ads or, you know, super, a free model and a subscription model, or if he will indeed try to make some money or at least get some of his money back. Yeah, they've they've said, and it, where it's been released, that he is um, planning on steering it towards a subscription model uh, to some extent. Obviously, you could still use it as a free platform, but there would be a potential for subscription based user um, user accounts and just making sure people who are verified are legitimate people and account verification and all that stuff so yeah he's got a he clearly already has a, a good model to move forward with and that will only I'm sure improve with time It'd be funny if he only allowed people who drove Teslas to work there. That's how we'd make his money back. Well, that's the funny. Dang it, I said well. That's the funny part, though, is I'm sure 90% of the employees at Twitter drive a Tesla. <laughs> or would like to. Yep. Oh, Where is Twitter headquartered? Does anyone know? Nope. Probably Silicon Valley, I would guess. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Tell us what's first up on your list, and we'll tell you when we can hear you. <laughs> can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear me oh, now? Yes, we can. Yes. Yeah. No, it's. A, I just wanted to say, too, about Twitter, before I get canceled again, that a guy in Texas offered uh, Musk 100 acres to uh, build his Twitter Oh, uh, corporation down there in Texas. And then that, Abbott said if they did that, they would uh, call that area Twitter, Texas. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw that earlier, actually. Exactly. That's cool. I was, yeah. I saw the, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it before, when Tesla had some big event at their Giga plant or whatever it's called down there. Holy cow, that thing is huge. Man, that's impressive. Anyways, what's on, uh, what's got your craw and a daddy, G-Man? Being canceled every third sentence. Oh, he was just canceled again. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) This is ridiculous. What do I get, 30 seconds? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, put some more coins in later. you're (laughs) You're like a comedian on a... Open yeah. mic night and just getting, yeah. getting the red light every every few seconds. Oh. All right. Well, can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, I found out yesterday that Fauci is not an infectious disease doctor. Did you know that? He's not much of a doctor <laughs> Period. to begin with. But. Yes. He's a rheumatoid doctor. And he had nothing to do with infectious diseases. Wow. But he was put in charge of that. But he whatever. was put in charge of it, yeah. That's Real quickly, before I get off again, they wouldn't release suicide rates for the last two years, and they did it every year before the fake-demic. Wow. That's very telling. Yes, it is. Someone will have to get a freedom... What is it, FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, and get those numbers released? Speaking of that, was it Pfizer who was going to release like 10,000 pages a month or something? I haven't heard any more after the first month of their drop. So I guess because it's kind of a non-issue, maybe nobody cares anymore. I know they had the the month, the month and date that each 
however many pages would come out, but I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Well, let's put that in the rearview mirror, hopefully permanently. Yeah. Igor, Igor what's on your uh, crawdaddy list? Sorry, are you talking to me? Yes. I blanked Igor? out on who you were talking to. Okay. I thought G-Man had left the party again. <laughs> no. no, I'm still here. Yep. Okay. I think. Well, I, interestingly enough, was just watching an episode of a show today. Um, a show... Ah, curses. I said, um... Yes. The show I was we should, watching... We should have a I taser know. system set up, so <laughs> yeah, if you we say should. it... You we should all have dog collars. <laughs> Bad boy. Anyway... I was watching a show that I know at least two of you watch called The Superman Lois, I will name it. Uh-huh. And the newest episode that just aired last night, I believe, was showcasing more of the villain of the the current season that we're in. And I found it very interesting that the one of the big points they made about how she gained control was through completely taking over the media and basically disarming the military and taking over the military headquarters and i've found this with other movies and shows as well that the bad guys inherently just the way the world works always have some sort of control or sense of taking away rights and privileges. And it is such an obvious correlation that I see in the real world. But for some reason, when people watch a show or movie and they see the bad guy doing these things, mm-hmm. they say, oh, that's the bad guy. But when it happens right in front of their faces in the real world, they say, Ah, that would never happen, or, well, they're good people, and that's just fantasy. But there's some inherent truth to how you formulate a villain. I think uh, it's Harry Harry Potter when Professor Dolores Umbridge, if you know the books and movies, oh, yes. she restricts the use of wands, she makes all these rules taking away their rights, takes away the, their ability to defend themselves, or learn how to defend themselves. And she's the villain. And that is, that is just ingrained in what the left is doing. So I'm wondering if any of you know of any other shows or movies that you, you see that happening and you're just like, wow, this is blatantly obvious. I won't answer right now, but just make an observation that today on Louder with Crowder, he had that scene from Harry Potter... <laughs> Where those letters appeared on his the back of his hand, yeah, in that, in that scene with her. So it's, yeah, it's and, exactly yeah, she, right. She decides what is and what is not truth, and then tells you that you can't say certain things because it goes against the narrative that she and the Dark Lord are pushing. It's just hard to believe that what you would assume are relatively intelligent people literally can't or won't or don't see what happened for the last two years. And that's exactly how it's played out. I'll have to think about the movie movies and TV for a minute. Well, I'll ask Igor, did you watch the episode that I'm referring to? I have not watched it yet. No. But yeah, well, I'll have to hear hear both of your thoughts when you do because it's it's just staring you right in the face. Yeah, I will say it's really interesting and refreshing for many reasons. In that show, Superman and Lois, they actually do they they do really express how how important the family unit is in that show. And it's really awesome to see on a mainstream, I get a mainstream show that's on the CW of all of all networks, 
where where you have a, a show like Riverdale where there are a bunch of high schoolers having sex and yeah. explicit relationships and all this nonsense. But on Superman and Lois, the value of the family unit and holding each other accountable and and really your actions having consequences and getting in trouble for doing certain things and and it's it's really refreshing in that sense to to see that in a show that's mainly for a younger audience in many ways but obviously can be enjoyed by many do you think absolutely do they have some sort of deal with hbo they do there's some i don't know what i don't know what it is but there is some relationship with hbo that they developed that show together so do you think the budget do you think yeah i was gonna ask because they that definitely has to have a higher budget than the typical cw show. i also think i mean i think they just they just have a much better basis they're working off of yeah not to we shouldn't get into a tangent about shows but definitely it is pretty awesome but yeah i would the last thing I'll say about the whole deal with HBO, I believe, because HBO is Warner Brothers, and they they want to continue branching into the DC EU oh. that they have, and owning Warner Brothers and CW being uh, network television. I believe they're trying to work towards more uh, HBO shows, but. Hmm. They can't just get rid of all their shows on CW, and I think Superman and Lois is a good starting point for that meshing and that expanding of what they their potential in terms of shows and movies. Gee, man, if you're there, are you a Superman uh, aficionado? Used to be. Yeah? Yeah. Um, speaking of Riverdale, isn't Archie queer now? Not that I know of, but it wouldn't surprise me. I did hear he got superpowers. No, I'm pretty sure he went queer. <laughs> In the comic books? Yeah, or, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's he and Jughead probably... Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's tragic. You it know, is. It's a, I mean, look it up. I'm sure he went queer. Can I say queer? I guess, yeah, I can. Yeah, LGBTQ, yeah. queer. Yep. He's queer. And just like that, we don't hear from G-Man the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Mysteriously disappears. The reason I asked about Superman, coincidentally, to uh, Igor talking about it, is last week we ranked, we had Dark Horse rank the Batman actor, so I thought I would have Igor and Igor and G-Man, if you would like, to rank the <laughs> Superman actors from George Reeve, obviously the old TV show Christopher Reeves, Dean Kane, Tom Welling, Henry... Cavill, Brandon Routh, and Tyler, how do you pronounce his last name? Hecklin. Hecklin. Who wants to take the first stab? That's the thing that any true fan of Smallville knows, that Tom Welling, and Tom Welling says it himself, that he didn't portray Superman. He was Clark Kent. That's true. And the the whole 10-season arc was him figuring out who he was as Clark Kent and then kind of going off to be Superman once the series wrapped up. So to be true to that, I can't say Tom Welling, although I think he is, if if we're excluding that from the conversation, right. he is definitely my favorite. So the best I've, Clark I've Kent yet then. to see. I've yet to see, um, is it, which is the one with Dean Cain, the event? Uh, Superman, oh, yeah, Super, Lois, or and Lois, and, Lois and Clark. That's right. Did you watch that, G-Man, Lois and Clark? I did not. You did not? Okay. <laughs> I did not. No. You did not. I didn't even see the other three Supermen. Uh, really? I saw the first, uh, I saw George Reeves, yeah. saw Christopher Reeve, and, and uh, who was the other one? Uh, Henry Cavill, that was in like yeah. what eight, eight, ten years ago or yeah. so. Brandon really? Routh was in Superman Returns. What a flop! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Christopher Reeves has to be top of the list. And then I wish I could. I'm sure I would love Lois and Clark and Dean Cain's portrayal. 
Um, I do enjoy Henry Cavill's performance, and I think Brandon Routh fit the character really well, but unfortunately the movie surrounding him was not so great. Not to mention Kevin Spacey was in that. That's true. Fair point. I imagine neither Igor Igor, other than maybe little clips, ever saw the original black and white Superman on TV. I can't say I did. It sucked. Unfortunately not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it did not have a lot of special effects. No. That were convincing. Plus he got beat up sometimes. It's like, you can't beat up Superman. Yeah, (laughs) he was not. I mean, he was moderately fit, but was nothing like the ripped Superman. Even though, I guess Christopher Reeves wasn't, I mean, overly strong i guess the i know he put on 20 pounds for the role which back in the 70s was pretty big deal i guess the strike against him is that was it the fourth one the quest for peace which was just a total i mean that was a total disaster and even the third one wasn't very good but the first two were definitely good yes i like some iconic moments yes certainly and i think he really the thing about Christopher Reeve was the way he embodied the all-American, smiling, trustworthy, full-on superhero that you want Superman to be. And you can just see it in the way he acts and the way he smiles and the way he talks. How, you know, the mild-mannered yeah. citizen was, he was so good at that because he was just such a nice, good, kind, and strong Superman and then there's the Henry Cavill where he is the build that I expect from Superman and what you see on the comic book covers of just this Mm -hmm. beast of a superhero and he was certainly fit for the role in a lot of ways and I think he should have gotten a second movie before anything else happened around that universe because i don't think he got the full benefit of fleshing out the character yeah it was such i mean even the first one was relatively not dark maybe but definitely humorless for the most part and it was just obviously a different take from a different director but uh i didn't really like the direction and certainly when they got into the justice league movies i did not care for those at all on the subject of superheroes, yes, I'm on Twitter at the moment, or I was earlier, and I saw this story pop up about this tweet that went viral, and we'll we'll work from from the origins to the culmination and why the story is a story. So this user Megan 2.0, who has her preferred pronouns in her name if that tells you anything very strong of her also in her bio says train wreck cotton candy bi cis adhd autism anime has opinions and no chill loves possums pro-abortion anti-exclude which i don't even know what that means anti-racist abolish the police nazi in her bio oh my gosh And she tweeted a tweet that went viral. Marvel, hear me out, just replace him with a photo of Chris Pratt and Patrick Wilson saying that she wants Chris Pratt replaced in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. And it was pretty awesome because James Gunn, who we all know is the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, replied and said, for what? Because of your made-up, utterly false beliefs about him? For something that someone else told you about him that's not true? Chris Pratt would would never be replaced as Star-Lord, but if he ever was, we would all be going with him. I thought that was a pretty awesome defense coming from a director who also was put through the ringer a few years ago by the mob. And just really great to see... Um, that support coming from James, but also just absurd that such a ridiculous lie and defam- it's really defamation about Chris Pratt that goes on 
often out here in Hollywood and just these people who build up this notion about Chris Pratt as some <clears throat> anti-gay, anti-LGBT, bigoted Christian guy. And it's it's just so absurd that we live in a world where you can make claims and this, that, and the other thing about somebody in the public eye and just oftentimes get away with it and get supported by others who are also in the loony bin with you. I had just read that the other day and I thought the same thing about how great it was to see a supporter in James Gunn and I, I honestly had forgotten that he had gone through the ringer so that's an even better point. But that actually made me think of a question for Mo and G-Man. When do you think it became normalized for people to have such great assumptions of other people as being evil, villainous, terrible human beings. Because I feel like back in the day, and I saw this demonstrated in a presidential debate I watched between Reagan and Carter, where even even when it, within that scope where it's, uh, I guess you could call it competitive between who's going to become president, they were so much more respectful of each other's persons than mm -hmm. we see today. And I think with Twitter, the way it is, it, it brings me to question, when do you think that shift happened? And did that ever happen back in the day, even for yourself, where you heard about somebody and automatically assumed the worst of them? Or was it more like you saw somebody portrayed in some way or they and they were maybe given a chance to rectify some wrong done but maybe it's just the way i was raised but hearing about something somebody did doesn't make me say they're a terrible person and yet i hear that all the time of people who've never met somebody else just t throwing people in the garbage and saying oh they could they should die they're terrible it happened when Trump became president. That's what I was going to say, too. Or it greatly accelerated. Very and, much uh, so. With, yeah. with all the lunacy, uh, it came with Trump. And I think it threw them all off because Trump, of course, is not a politician. And they did everything in their power to, uh, you know, back him into a corner uh, because he wasn't one. And didn't want him shining the spotlight on the swamp like he did. And uh, the rage of people was stunning when he became president. And I think it pretty much, you know, took off from there. But, you know, that's what I think. Yeah, it definitely accelerated if, I guess it was probably bubbling and then it, it boiled over when he wouldn't back down. And I mean, openly, like, you know, swore on the campaign trail and just did things that quote politicians don't do and you often wonder at least I do and I don't know if I've raised this before but if milquetoast Romney would have beat Obama in 2012 then most likely Trump would have never run I don't know if Romney could have won again but the political landscape would look a lot different today probably for the worse yeah something I've just thought of as we're discussing this topic is uh, and I and this has been pointed out in terms of once you label someone a Nazi you have every right to hate them you have every right to want to punch them and you should well you should punch them because they're a Nazi and that's kind of this move this crazy absurd move that many people on the left have have been doing have been uh, using on people on the right and in cases like like with Chris Pratt, where they accuse him of attending an anti-LGBTQ church or just saying that he's bigoted against gay people or whatever. The, the crazy thinking is, well, we believe that we love and accept people because we're a part of this community. So if you hate this community or we say you hate this community, you must hate people who love people, which means you're a terrible person. And it's just this totally wacky worldview of and just kind of brainwashing or convincing yourself that you are so righteous 
and so good. And if somebody possibly disagrees with you or you think they disagree with you, they're automatically the enemy and the worst of the worst. And it's just totally absurd and not a healthy way for to live your life in general, but just not a good way to go about fixing anything or having conversation or any 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 progress to be made it's ironic i don't know if ironic is the right word but gee man you could back me up or correct me on this but 20 years ago everybody who went to church was anti-lgbtq rfp because it just happens to go against a little book called the bible that is correct and i think people on the left nowadays scream louder because they know they're wrong and they are the minority by a long shot in America. America, I think as a pretty much as a whole still doesn't believe that men are men turn into women and women turn into men and that kind of stuff. Uh, it, if they do, we, we used to have places called asylums and that's where we would put <laughs> these people. Because that's where they belong. They do not belong in society. I don't want. I don't want a guy that turned into a woman living next door to me. I don't want a girl turning into a guy living next door to me. I think they're dangerous, and I don't want them around. It was just something. I w- I thought of the other way. Uh, the other day, I was talking with somebody at work, and she was going on and on about. You know, she just wants to see people loving and accepting people and which is a a noble hope, I suppose. But I don't know when it got twisted that love and acceptance are the same thing or have to be paired. Because that is exactly when when people say that you need to love and accept uh LGBT, LGBT, whatever community, <laughs> that when they say you need to love and accept it, they expect them both to come hand in hand. And they mm-hmm. say, if you don't accept it, you're not loving. But that's not true. Because loving someone does not mean you accept them for everything they do or, or certain actions they take. Loving someone means you see them to their highest, to your high, their your highest expectation of them, you see them in in our point of view as a child of God, and you see those qual and the good qualities in them, and you see them as as you know the good parts of them, but that doesn't mean you have to accept their lifestyle or how they go about deciding what to do in any given day or the career they choose. And it's just really annoying how how muddied those waters have gotten in terms of love and acceptance. I I love to not accept them. <laughs> it's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I mean you it's can do both, way. right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. they say what love the sinner and hate the sin. Very good. Exactly. Igor and Igor, if you. If you are able to, I just sent you uh, an email that if you can open it, G-Man and I would like to get your reactions. I just read through it while I was listening. <laughs> and You had to run <laughs> off to the bathroom? <laughs> uh, let's just say I don't get sick often, but that made me... <laughs> could you describe it to our uh, listening audience who... Who unfortunately can't see it. Well, probably fortunately. Uh, well, your worst nightmare, and then forget about that because it's just not even close. <laughs> that was, I mean, it's not anything I haven't seen, unfortunately, due to the world we live in currently. But it certainly paints a picture that I think anyone without context would find incredibly (laughs) disgusting and vile vile all all of the everything that's the worst thing you could possibly think of Uh, what do you think of his family what do you think of its family 
They look like they look they like the people well, in hey? Wally. <laughs> the uh, characters in Wally, but yeah. maybe a maybe a rogue ship that got lost in space and they forgot what being human was about. They are yeah. definitely disturbed people. Disturbed. And G-Man, can you confirm those are real photos? They are real photos. And just so everyone knows who we're talking about, it's what's his na- his real name? Uh, before real he changed, name. Oh, I don't he know. changed his name. Rachel, but the the new name, his new name is what? Rachel Levine or Rachel? Yeah, Levin. Rachel Levine. Levin. Rachel Levin. Oh, yeah. an appointee by Biden. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Health and Human Services. That guy looks like a pile of crap. <laughs> I would. I'm sure that Biden, if shown a photo right when he woke up, would scream and say, who the heck is that? <laughs> I don't think he knows he, he knows anybody he's appointed, especially someone that looks like Jada the Hutt. <laughs> Good analogy. Hey, I heard that, uh, and this is real, I guess the TSA is re-examining with all that stuff, who... Who would pat you down in an airport if you didn't want the uh, Geiger counter or whatever? Would you rather have a man or a woman pat you down? <laughs> woman man, all the I time. Just <laughs> <laughs> take your cute hat next time. You Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to wear a Speedo next time I go through there, and then I'm going to tell them they got to pat me down. They'll probably let me go through. So not a jock strap then? No, well, close. Close. You know. That's so crazy. It is. G-Man, anything other uh, more local or? Uh... Just that um, your alma mater is not calling it. I saw some little girls. And just tell me if I get canceled, and I'll get right back on. <laughs> All right. But I saw some little girls with their dads tonight in the restaurant, and they were going to the daddy-daughter dance. And yep. your your um, old school is now calling it the dance. They don't call it daddy-daughter <sighs> dance anymore. Wow. Have they changed the requirements? Is it like the... <laughs> I guess I, I don't know any anybody can go or whatever they changed it and I'm uh, they don't know what I'm talking about so I'm going to tell you it was a it was a queer counselor that decided they had to change it hand on the Bible sorry to wow. say that folks but yeah shocking yeah the dance yeah Hi, wait, you know here's a counselor Not inclusive enough can, oh yeah. It's it's sickening. It's one of those things you can't even hardly make a joke about. It's just so sad. Exactly. Such. I mean, from what I understand, not that I ever went to a daddy-daughter dance. <laughs> Thank but, goodness. You but, could um, now. You better have a daughter, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Like, yeah, I could now. It's just unfortunate because that's a very... For, for some people, at least, a, a nice bonding moment with their with their dad or with their daughter and and it's just tainted as all things are by some foolish ideology that says well we can't one we can't exclude people two if we're gonna have a dance you can't label people uh, who are going to this dance and you know to say daughter oh well what about your trans son or your whatever what if your mom is actually your dad whatever kind of nonsense they're trying to well they they can have their own dance they can have their own queer dance yeah Yeah, they just play the village people's greatest yeah exactly yeah i think there's three of them so it'd be a short (laughs) dance (laughs) oh gosh I, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I don't envy because uh, it would naturally dissuade a normal dad and daughter from going, probably, especially if the dad was worried of who would show up and what kind of nonsense would go on. I, I suppose that's that could happen because, in fact, 
uh, as one of the daughters, which she looked like she might have been in fourth grade, third grade, as she was leaving in front of my table, she vomited. And uh, I guess maybe she was just uptight about having to go to the dance because it wasn't called the daddy-daughter dance. <laughs> True story. Well, what table? What, were you Were you at a restaurant? I was at a restaurant. Oh, and, my god! And they were back in the corner, you know, four daddies, four daughters. The first daughter daddy that left the, the corner there threw up just as I had a, a shrimp in my mouth. <laughs> and that did not help my appetite at all. <laughs> but I, you know, she could have been worried about, you know, people judging her because she's there just with her dad, you know. Oh, boy. Either that or she saw a man with a dress on. She couldn't see below me. I was at a table. I, I literally can't even imagine that back in the day. Not that I ever went to one either, but. Just 10 years ago. I know. I don't know what has accelerated, but there are definitely some good signs on the horizon. Somebody mentioned this the other day, and it's so simple that I don't know why I never have before. You know, those books of Bobby has two mommies or Tommy has two daddies. And the person said simply, nobody has two moms. It's biologically impossible. Yeah. it's correct. It is, it is a good sign that uh matt walsh's book is currently number one on amazon yeah he was having some fun if with you that. guys have heard about that johnny the walrus yeah great little read for igor and igor i think his next book is the Eggman. <laughs> <laughs> he is the walrus yes oh man cuckoo cuckoo oh you got it i love it of course G-Man, do you have, I was going to ask, this This could be a whole, obviously, show on the Beatles, but do you have a favorite Beatles album or song? I think it was uh, Meet the Beatles. That was my favorite. Okay. That's the one that, uh, that that I probably like the most. So the old, old that was obviously their first, was yes. it? Was Meet the Beatles the first one? Or it was. It was the was first there one American one. It was just one. called the Beatles. It was the first American uh, LP that they had here. Mm, okay. I bet if we went back and listened to that, the average song was probably about two and a half minutes. Yep. And there, and it was probably four songs per side. So there was like 17, 18, well, probably 25 minutes on the whole album. Yep. Gosh. Amazing. Amazing. Igor, Igor, which ones do you like? I, I have to admit, I don't, necessarily know the albums specifically but i certainly love although i know twist and shout wasn't technically an original from them that's a classic just a fun fun dance song and just in in listening or in watching the uh the documentary on disney plus just listening to get back and all the songs that came from that session and that album and the rooftop concert that they had was I I was posed the question who who would I like to see in concert alive or dead and to go back to the 60s and see the Beatles live would have been something else yeah probably the experience as much as the music yeah well if you could even hear it yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks Thanks for saying that. I, you I know. hope we pass the audition. <laughs> yep. That was well, good. you know, John, you just really like to, to sing a song, and we write well together, you know. <laughs> you you got to say song. You got to know a song. <laughs> you want to hear my impression of Ringo? I was sure. just going to say. Yeah. Ready? Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Get back. My best one. Get back. Back to where you once belong. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I just had a funny little something to mention. The the radio station I listen to out here, the the, the two people that typically do traffic, keep in mind, doing traffic 
or, or covering the traffic is is an important part of this. Their names are Kevin Tripp and Richard Turnage. And those those names are just a little too on the nose for me, and I, I don't know that I believe they're real or not. So I was wondering I, I, I can't if, any believe of, they are. if any of you know of uh, somebody... Somebody mentioned the name of a dentist that he went to the other day, and it was something like Roy Rice Gum or something. That was like, <laughs> it's like the, just these names that are a little too on the nose for the career they chose. So, do any of you know of anyone like that or any famous ones like a weatherman named, you know, yeah, Ray Showers or something? Yeah, something like that. I think, I think they're. I have heard of a dentist last name Drill or Phil. I can't remember which. Maybe it was <laughs> Phil Drill. Doctor. Yeah, Phil, Phil Drill. Drill. It could be. Chad Cavity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My sister, honest to God, went to a dentist, and his name was Rhino, and his uh, partner was Hippo. <laughs> That's a true so story. Their, their last names? Yes, their last names. Rhino and wow. Hippo. Man, wow, zookeeper or something. That's not what Uh, they identified as. No, no. Well, maybe, you know, maybe nowadays they would. Gee, man, what do you think? (laughs) What do you think your parents would think about all this trans crap? I'm just glad they're not around to see it. You know what our parents would do? You know, they'd squint Mm -hmm. their their faces and go, "What? You know, what are they saying?" You know, it's it's just it's absolutely foreign to the greatest generation to have yep. these pukes running around doing what they're doing. I'm so wait, did I say pukes? I meant people. Uh-huh. I meant people. Yeah, <laughs> I, I slipped. I'm sorry. Looking at my other stuff, I guess since we have Igor and Igor on who aren't uh, a long ways from the college, well, not geographically, but uh, chronologically. Can do you know of any rational reason for this renewed push to forgive student loans does anyone you talk to who are probably still repaying theirs have any justification other than it seems like a good idea igor everybody likes free stuff i suppose i mean i know a number of people who went to pretty expensive colleges or conservatories and I would assume they knew that going in. So the fact that they want everything handed back to them as if they went in blind is a little ridiculous. I do, I do think that university prices in general have become pretty absurd in, in some ways that maybe aren't so great. And maybe universities are taking advantage uh, because of how how public they are and you know public universities I don't think should be nearly as expensive as private private universities but it's it all comes back to the people who want want things and they want it now and they want to be able to work at McDonald's and make a million dollars they they just want their money back even though they, it's, I don't know, it's, it's an insane train of thought to go down how you willingly go somewhere to pay a specific thing and then want to be repaid just because you went there. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. You enter into an agreement and whatever, however crappy that agreement might seem, you entered into it, and I think people ought to uphold that, or at least, or just don't take the loan to begin with. As someone who is still paying off loans and is not a fan of them by any stretch of the imagination, because I don't think anyone in the right mind would be, and and obviously college prices are absurdly high and have kind of how would i say it uh, artificially increased over the past 50 years to where 
you know, you could take courses at a college back in the 50s, 60s for pennies compared to what people are paying now. There's obviously a problem with that, but again, at the end of the day, you're going in knowing that tuition is this much and you needed this much help to, to put yourself through. And you thought college was worth your while, worth your time, worth the money while you were doing it. So either don't go to college or don't take out loans and find another way to pay your way or figure something out. But this whole idea of just getting off scot-free and being able to rely on the government to do all the work for you and just forgive all this money that these these places gave to you um, to kind of offset the cost of college. It's not how the real world works or ought to work. And I think, I think funny enough, as so many things are kind of seeming to collapse in terms of, and Matt Walsh mentioned this in his, in his speech that he just gave at a college the other day where where he said you know the idea was always well just once you get out into the real world this life view and worldview isn't gonna hold any water but unfortunately those people went out and started reshaping the world so that they can get away with things that they would not have otherwise gotten away with even 10 years ago but um, I, I think the college loan thing is ironically the one thing <laughs> that's kind of in the face of that is like, well, you know, that's, you still got to do it as much as you hate it. And as much as you want to just get off without having to uphold your end of the agreement, it's still there. You still got to pay it no matter how much Bernie Sanders wants you to not have to. G-Man, do you have any recollection of how much a credit hour was back in your college days? About $110 an hour. Was it that much? Yeah, I think so. I went to Harvard. Oh, that's right. <laughs> why why no, is everyone but, laughing? <laughs> I just looked it up real quick, and USC, University of Southern California, where I graduated from a couple years ago, the year I graduated, the average tuition, obviously not room and board, but tuition was $5,428. $5, in 2017, it was 51442 so roughly 10 times as expensive. And this is an old chart. I'm sure if you look today, it would be up another ten or 12000 So talk about inflation. And you're literally... What's interesting is you're literally not learning anything better than you did 20, 30, 40, however, 100 years ago. You're learning the same stuff. Math, algebra, calculus, none of that has changed. It's not like you're getting a better car. It's not like you're getting a better computer. You're not getting more for your money. You're, you're getting less, if anything. It's just, it's just a crime. I know that my Lamborghini is at my child's college because that's what I paid for her oh, for my child's education. <laughs> her pronouns are lamb, boar, and guinea. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. Well, another chat for another podcast. All right. Well, let's call it a wrap. We've got an hour here, and once we probably edit out uh, the parts where G-Man really wasn't here. It'll be about 23 minutes, but I would just like to say one last thing, and it wraps back around to my talking point about movies and their relation to the real world, and I've made this point a couple times in the last couple of years to a couple different friends, and I like to use a couple of different words when I talk. I think George Lucas says it best, but it's something that I've also said in other ways is only Siths deal in absolutes. And I've seen that played out on the left in the last few years in the way they say, we're on the right side of history, you're wrong, we are 
we are doing the right thing you are in the wrong they are nothing but self-justified and fully convinced that they are correct and once again in the story of a villain the villain deals in absolutes and does not allow other people to see it any other way profound ending for another excellent show great point we thank you again for listening, sticking with us, and I'm sure this edited version you hear will sound seamless because of our outstanding editor who apparently screwed up the show last week and had to re-upload it, but that's another story. That's another story. Keep listening, keep sharing, and keep returning to the right angle. That was easy. <laughs>